This episode is sponsored by The Caution. The most entertainingly entertaining tag team in the history of history. The high priestess of the Church of Wrestling, Dark Sheik, the link to the future, Anton Voorhees, and the talent, Enhancement. All right, cool. So, uh, wow. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, tomorrow we are going to full queer. Wow. I know. I'm so excited. We got two interviews lined up, and the show itself is going to be pretty good. Um, we get to see, hey, we get to see uh, Evan Thomas, and we get to see Keita Murray and Marco and Fab, like always, and um, Poyo. Poyo, and we get to see some other faces. Yeah, it's going to be pretty rad. Um, yeah, it's, we're going to get there early. Not early, but I mean, early to us, the butt crack at noon, right? Yeah, we're going to get there pretty early to get some interviews in, at least two or three, maybe maybe just two, I don't know. But two for sure, they'll be released um, in February so of this month. I just don't know how we're going to line that up. But either way, they'll be ready to go whenever. So, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, you'll figure it out. You're a smart guy, hopefully. Yeah, I'm a smart guy. Yeah, yeah. hopefully the glasses aren't just uh, for looks. Get out of here. All right. Well, we're not going to get out of here. We're going to roll the intro. Berkeley, roll the intro. podcast is scheduled for one fall from san jose california the king of vlog style david edge and everyone's favorite brother victor this is the Markout media podcast and welcome back to the Markout media podcast if this is your first time my name is david edge and with me as always is my brother victor hey what's going on uh, make sure to subscribe to us. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, all of the above, you know, any place where you can find a, a podcast and go to subscribe to us. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Markout Media 18. Once again, it's Markout Media 18. Don't forget to buy the merch at BrainBusterCheese.com and at WhatAManeuver.net. What a maneuver. Uh, two great places to get merch done. Um, I highly suggest going with those guys over there at uh, BrainBusterTees or WhatAManeuver.net. And yeah, don't use that other website. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm not going to. Oh, you're telling to the audience, not just me specifically. Yeah, I'm telling to the people that are listening. So if you want to open up a merch store, just uh, go with the guys or go with the girls or guys or non-binary people. I don't know who they are over there, but the folks at WhatAManeuver.net and BrainBusterTees. Guys and gals and binary pals. Yeah, the folks. I'm going to start saying folks because I feel like that's, yeah. (laughs) Folks. Sounds like people who wear overalls. And I don't. Strong banjos. No, but there was some rip and dip overalls that I wanted to get one time. God, those must cost like, what, $500 probably? Probably like $120. that's still a lot. Yeah. Like when you tried to buy $150 uh uh, Raiders joggers. I didn't know the price. I was just grabbing stuff. I was like a yeah. kid at the candy store, just grabbing stuff. Like, give me this, give me that. And I was, these joggers look pretty cool. And I wanted them and they cost like $120. And I said, screw that. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it didn't, it was crazy. You, yeah. You didn't look at a single price tag. You were just happy to be at the Raiders stadium. Yeah. And I want to go back for my birthday. When's that? What do you mean? When's my birthday? Nah, I'll be busy that day. Uh, no, well, no, I want to go to um, 
the the Raiders and the 49ers are playing each other in the regular season and the Niners will be at uh, Vegas. So I want to go to that game. Is that like on your birthday? I don't know when it is, but if it's close, I mean, I don't know when it, I don't know when it is, You're just but <laughs> yeah, I just, I mean, I'm going to be 30 this year. So I mean, Ooh. yeah, I'm going to life's over for you. I'm going to go gamble or something. I don't know. Like you're like, you haven't been able to gamble for the past, like, I don't know, somewhat of years. I don't even know. Is it 21 or 18 when you get to gamble? Uh, 21. Oh yeah. yeah. What about like smoking? Oh, like cigarettes. Yeah. Is this 21 uh, again? Yeah, that's 21 again. Same with buying Jeez. weed and alcohol. And I think stuff like if, that. I believe you can do scratch off lottery tickets at 18. I had a, I would have to look into that. I don't know. I would I would believe it's 21. I don't know. Yeah, times are changing. Oh, uh, old guy. Yeah, uh, it is what it is. But um, yeah, we got a pretty cool interview today uh, with uh, Joel Bateman. Uh, he's all the, the way from the, Australia, right? The smash hit Joel Bateman. The smash hit. I don't know um, where in Australia he's from, but he's from Australia. Um, you can see his work on Deathmatch Down Under. There's a cool, um, there's a cool no ring death match between him and uh, Casanova Valentine uh, on YouTube, and I think that was in Australia. And um, there's some good, there's a good uh, death match. Um, I can't remember what it's called, the Last of Drinks match or something like that. I don't know, but it's on YouTube, and it's a death match between Joel Bateman and Charlie Evans. So go check that out. Yeah, so we're definitely going to get into it, talking about all the death match stuff and other things that he's done in his career. Uh, this is actually my first time ever uh, talking to him, like and hearing about him. So this is going to be definitely interesting. Uh, but if you guys want, just so what? I was gonna, one? yeah, I was gonna say, um, if you've seen the. Um, what is it? Uh, Dream. It's uh, Death Rules Everything Around Me, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah. It's a deathmatch tournament. Australia's first ever deathmatch tournament, I believe. And no um, deathmatch down under put that on. And yeah, if you go check that out, um, you see Joel Bateman do pretty well in the in the tournament, actually. And yeah, I'm not going to spoil it for anyone who's never seen it, but go check that out. It's on IWTV under deathmatch down under and uh, go check that out if you want to see a whole deathmatch tournament because it's pretty good. Yeah, but uh, let's get into it, you guys. We're going to be on this uh, really fun journey with uh, the smash hit Joel Bateman right here, right now on the Markout Media Podcast. And we are here with the smash hit Joel Bateman. Mr. Bateman, how are you doing today? Really good. Good afternoon. Um, the, yeah. the time the time difference is always a thing. It's currently, what, just gone 2.30 on Friday afternoon? No, yeah, and it's uh, 7.38 p.m., on thursday so uh soon will be bedtime okay yeah, i'm just realizing it's, uh, it's 7 30 here <laughs> <laughs> uh but no things are good uh things are good man we're, we're starting to get into the swing of the year now um it only took us a month but um yeah things are good we're gonna show tomorrow and then um onward and upward everything's starting to move really really quickly here so things are good uh what show do you have going on tomorrow so deathmatch down under we have our first anniversary show tomorrow um called roll on which is a living end song which is an australian rock band um and our inaugural heavyweight champion actually has his retirement match tomorrow against me i actually have to do a normal wrestling match for a time for a change i don't do too many straight wrestling matches anymore they're all death matches now but so, <laughs> um i have a straight wrestling match tomorrow so i'll be doing cardio like a madman but um and oh. none of it's working of course i'm gonna blow up in like two minutes but, man cardio um, sucks <laughs> fucking i hate cardio 
with a passion. <laughs> I loathe cardio. Um, so yeah, that's tomorrow. That's a uh, it's a show that we've been wanting to put on for a while. So this is our first show for the year for DMDU. Um, we had another show a couple of weeks ago get postponed due to Omicron, but wow. um, this one's all looking good for tomorrow. And then, like I said, we're off to the races. I think we've got a show pretty much every two weeks. Uh, um, from then on in. How many people usually come out to Deathmatch Down Under? It varies. We draw all right at the moment, to be honest. Obviously, like we picked the worst time in history to start a wrestling promotion. Oh. Um, <laughs> right in the middle of a fucking pandemic. But uh, yeah, we do okay. Anywhere between like 150 to 300 um depending on big show small show that kind of stuff i think i think i checked we've sold like 220 tickets going into tomorrow which isn't too bad uh i can't complain about that and then we'll have walk-ups and stuff as well i think capacity is about 250 and i think we'll hit that pretty comfortably uh where in australia is it uh melbourne so melbourne as you guys would say um which (laughs) no we know we know we know better (laughs) Yeah, no, but see, the thing is, you say it properly, we're lazy. We omit half of the letters just because we live here. Um, you guys pronounce all the letters, and that's why it sounds funny. Um, yeah, so so in Melbourne, which is in the southeast of the country. That's awesome. Um, is this show being filmed for IWTV? Yeah, so uh, I, we do have a premiere date. I should know the answer to that, but I don't. Um, I guarantee it's buried in an email somewhere. But yeah, so this one will be taped for IWTV. And I think our next show is called Taking Back Sunday, which is on February 20th here. But that one's airing live on IWTV, so we're going to go live for the first time. Oh, live. Uh, so then if they're live, what time will it start US time? Like for West well, so, Coast? So, so most of our shows, we, we do live to tape um just for that reason like 7 p.m here is in you know five hours so what's it gonna work out? it'll be about midnight west coast time oh wow um yeah so that's why we usually don't go live because it'd be three in the morning on the east as well so um but the sunday shows that we're looking at doing a sunday afternoon show so they'd be starting in about 20 minutes so it's not too bad i think it's 11 p.m oh okay. uh, 11 p.m eastern that's great yeah because like usually when deathmatch uh, deathmatch done under when they do the um you know the show the uh, the premieres it's usually pretty good uh i'm usually on twitter at the same time as watching the show and on twitter i mean it seems like people you know they're, com- they're commenting pretty good on it so um the last one that i watched was the um, the deathmatch tournament and i'm currently watching it actually right now as we speak just oh, to uh, have some background, uh, something to watch the, while I'm doing this. But um, yeah, I want to talk about the, I want to get right into it because that, that's what I was uh, so I'm watching it right now. But um, yeah, you did the deathmatch tournament and let's, let's talk about that because you started off first. And the first thing that happened is you get a bundle of light tubes straight to the head and I'm just like, Jesus Christ, this guy's crazy. Yeah, a bundle of light tubes straight to the face. And I, uh, th- this is an audio medium, so it's not the most helpful thing to show. But I've got, yeah, like a two-inch scar on my forehead. Oh, damn. From, so, uh, from, from that hit? From that first bundle, yeah. And uh, spoiler alert, I go all the way to the final. So that was fun. Um, but it was the first deathmatch tournament in Australia. Um, there'd never been one done before uh, at a awesome. professional level. Uh, there'd been a couple of, like, legendary backyard tournaments that are on YouTube if you look hard enough from like the early 2000s but outside of that there hadn't really been a deathmatch tournament in australia so yeah it was kind of all right well if i'm not going last i might as well go first so i I put my hand up to open the show and yeah we went york and i went full tilt um with the light tubes and the other thing that always freaks everybody out is we use the skinny tubes here 
Oh. Um, that that's like the the one of the main differences. We use the the T8, the quote unquote skinny tubes, the ones that freaks everybody out over there. Um, here they're just light tubes to us. We don't really have a choice. So, yeah. um, yeah, but I I really enjoyed that tournament. It was a lot of fun. Um, it's going to be a yearly thing now for with DMDU for sure. I think I think it's booked for August, which was the original date uh in 2021 but then we had a outbreak here of covid which made we had to postpone it to november but um yeah i really enjoyed the tournament i thought it was a lot of fun i think it holds up really well on tape um it was a little bit different like dmdu puts a bit of a focus on production as well so like visually it's a little bit different it's not you know a basketball hall or a gym as you guys call them you know under yeah. house lights uh that kind of stuff so it, it looks a little bit different but um yeah I, I really enjoyed the show i think it holds up i'm really excited for the next one and then i've got another tournament when i come to the u.s in like a month and a half as well so that'll be my second tournament that i've done but um you know okay, compared to everybody else you know everyone's bashing out 20 30 tournaments a year and this will be my second so it should be a lot of fun i'm excited no that's, that's, awesome. that's awesome so what uh what really got you into doing death matches because that's obviously not the first that that's not something you learn in training school no um so for me deathmatch wrestling was something i was introduced to not long after i started watching wrestling mm. so i started i found wrestling in like 97 98 mm. um my first vivid memory of wrestling is goldberg beating hogan at the georgia dome oh wow yeah because you used to get nitro here on uh, like a 24-hour delay that's awesome yeah it was cool so uh and then through primary school what you guys call elementary uh i had a couple of friends and it was always wcw versus wwf and we'd always like go and wrestle on the oval uh and, and out in the yard and we'd bitch and moan about who had the better finisher stone cold steve austin or goldberg um <laughs> yeah so that kind of stuff but then i found local independent wrestling kind of like at the end of 2000 started 2001 um and all i did was talk to my mom about wanting to be a wrestler and she said i'm gonna all right i'm gonna send you down to practice you're gonna get your ass kicked and you're never gonna want to be a wrestler again so i'll stop having to hear about it so i went down to practice at the tender age of 11 got my ass absolutely beat and went this is amazing and never looked back um but from there one of my first mentors is a guy named heath fury who actually lives in america now but he introduced me really early on so yeah at about the age of 11 to like ecw which i had heard fleetingly about at the time because there was at that time obviously a little bit of bleed over into wwf and wcw but uh ecw and fmw so i got to see like the last three ecw pay-per-views live uh and then like through that kind of stuff and you know people like masato tanaka um, got introduced to FMW really quick because they used to distribute some FMW shows here on DVD. And then like IWA King of the Deathmatch and that kind of stuff. So I'd only been a wrestling fan for a couple of years when I saw this style of wrestling. I went, well, this is completely different to what I'm seeing on television. Um, you know, kind of like the dying breast of the Attitude Era. They're using bombs and there's blood and there's barbed wire and there's sheet glass. And this is great. <laughs> this is really, really cool. Like I fell in love immediately with like the grandiose spectacle of it all um and ever since then i went i want to do death matches obviously at the time it wasn't really a thing i guess even in america it was only really a fleeting thing but there was a very small hardcore deathmatch scene here because the company that i broke in with is a company called pcw professional championship wrestling and they're still around now but they're a very family-friendly company but at the time their style was very kind of ecw-esque like it was kind of like an ecw tribute act like 
lots of chairs, tables, a little bit of barbed wire, that kind of stuff. Um, very much hardcore wrestling, but uh, it escalated and built up to a big death match that we're going to do because they wanted to introduce a hardcore title. And it was a no rope barbed wire, 40,000 reigning thumbtack Taipei death match. Oh, damn. They were building to. Yeah. So that was in September of 2002. Uh, so we're coming up on the 20 year anniversary this year. Um, and it was between Mad Dog, who again wrestles for Deathmatch Down Under still, uh, and a guy named Lobo. And it's our Lobo, not your Lobo. There's actually two, which confuses, okay. the, cra- which confuses the crap out of all Deathmatch fans because uh, the Lobo in Australia retired in like 2006. <laughs> so there's not heaps of footage of him available. Um, and everyone's like, wait, what? The guy who was in CCW was flying over and randomly doing Australian Indies? No, they're two different people. Okay. Um, <laughs> But they had a they had this death match that they built to, and it drew a really good house, drew about twelve hundred people um, for this show called Carnage. But the drama was it was marketed as great family entertainment, and even by today's standards, I've shown it to like a bunch of friends and stuff. Like I've shown it to like Alex Cologne and Schlack and Neil Diamond Cutter and all these guys. And even by like twenty twenty two standards, it still holds up as a really bloody no rope barbed wire match that's very violent very bloody even by today's standards let alone 20 years ago so wrestlers so there were a lot of kids in the crowd because it was like marketed as family entertainment and like they put out a bunch of warnings of the pa about the content but wrestlers who weren't a part of pcw at the time went to the mainstream media so went to the the news and went to the newspapers and all that kind of stuff and it got picked up but it went on i guess our a show called today tonight which is like your version of 60 minutes mm-hmm um uh, so i went on 60 minutes and they buried it they exposed the business they said that they were like spraying blood on the audience uh i'm not going to say some of the stuff because they they broke so much kayfabe in the interview but they called it like organized barbarism Mm. and anything that you could throw negatively against like hardcore and deathmatch wrestling they did in the media um which essentially killed deathmatches dead in australia for 20 years um, because because anyone who was around at that time went fuck we almost killed the territory uh, off the back of this one match we don't want to do it anymore so like death matches and hardcore were done really fleetingly for a long time there was like two or three guys who kind of have kept the scene alive like uh cracker jack who again is a manager for dmdu at the moment he's in retirement now mad dog uh a guy named trev brash myself uh, vixen chucky chaos we all kind of kept it limping along but there was no real hardcore deathmatch company. So then when DMDU kind of started to come together, we went, well, it's time to put our money where our mouth is. We want to do deathmatch wrestling, but there are no promotions. We kind of want to take it on full time. Let's create a space where we can do deathmatches, but also where the people who come in to see the shows feel really safe and welcome as well, which is kind of how the amalgamation of DMDU came together. That's crazy. Yeah, because um, going, like, like I said, when I first uh, even heard about a deathmatch, um, I saw light tubes being in a match was uh, Lucha Underground, and that was Penta um, and Vampiro. They did their um, Zero Mero match, and um, I saw light tubes there, and I was I was hooked. And then you know here we are in 2022, and you know now you guys have Deathmatch Down Under. There's ICW, there's GCW, there's tons of people that do death matches, and um, I'm hooked. I mean, that's like my favorite style of wrestling. And that's why I wanted to get you on here. So, so bad, just because like, I love talking to the deathmatch guys, like anybody deathmatch, just but, but uh, specifically you, because you've been making noise down in, um, uh, Australia, but you're also coming here to America if I'm correct. Yeah. So I've got a tour coming up 
shit, it's like six weeks away. Um, yeah, I gotta still count up in like six weeks. <laughs> Start packing, uh, man. <laughs> well, I've got to ship a bunch of stuff over because oh, wow. I like I, I don't have massive baggage limits, so. Oh. For like t-shirts and stuff like that, I gotta put everything in the post, so I'm gonna try and send as much stuff over as I can, and then pick it up at the other end. Um, which is why I'm like, oh shit, right? It's that close. I need to actually get on that. Um, but yeah, so I'm coming over. I'm on the ICW Chattanooga shows in Tennessee, which is really cool. Um, so this is my second trip to the US. I was there in 2013, mostly to train, um, which was really cool. But I did like a Beyond Wrestling show, and I worked for IWE in Maine. Um, which I'm pretty sure is still in business. Like their band claimed to fame is that's where Sasser Banks broke in. Um, but I got to do like a random tour of Maine with Bushwhacker Luke, which is still like one of my favorite memories ever because he's out of his mind. Um, but yeah, but um, yeah, so I'm, I'm flying into Atlanta. Uh, I get to Chattanooga Thursday night. I've got like one night to kind of get over the jet lag. And then I've got Pit Fighter X. I don't have a match yet, but I'm actually... I've booked some promo time tomorrow night and I'm going to call somebody out tomorrow night at DMDU. So if you get a whole bunch of tweets in the middle of the night um, of me being really lippy and chirpy and hopefully people repost my promo. Um, so hopefully that happens tomorrow. Uh, so oh, yeah. Pit Fighter X I'm on, I believe. I, but again, I have an idea of who I want to wrestle. It's not in stone yet. I have Akira for No Holds Barred 23, which would be really cool in the chains um we're good friends so i'm really excited to kick the fuck out of him uh on international television <laughs> it's always the thing you always hit your friends the hardest <laughs> true and then i've got a day to chill i think i'm going to nashville for a day because like i'm coming all the way across the world it's like a 30 hour trip because i'm going the wrong yeah. way i'm going like i'm going like through the middle east instead of coming over across the pacific oh, okay yeah so i'm going the wrong way around the world like a fucking idiot but Jesus. uh but it's savingly like saving me like a thousand dollars so i'll take it. Oh, okay uh so um i'm gonna i'm gonna try and stop and smell the roses a little bit on this trip kind of do some touristy stuff where i get the opportunity and i've got heaps and heaps of friends over there that i've not had the chance to meet and hang out with in person we only talk on the internet so um, it's going to be a very socially heavy trip as well. So, yeah, I think I've, I'm going to Nashville for a day after the Chattanooga shows. And then I fly to Jersey for H2O on the Monday. Oh, wow. Uh, Matt Tremont announced the show. I think he's calling it, what, the science behind the violence? Okay. Um, yeah, so that's Monday the 14th. Let me get a calendar because if I fuck these dates up, they're going to be really upset. And this is in March, correct? Yeah, this is in March. Sorry. So, yeah, uh, ICW is the 11th and 12th. The 14th is at H2O. So that's an entirely deathmatch show on a Monday night. Um, it's also summertime here. It's like 80 degrees outside. I don't know how I'm going to deal with the fucking cold. We're so sorry for that. <laughs> especially on the East Coast where it snows. and Because it doesn't snow here in California. Well, in where, where we're at, it doesn't snow. But going to New Jersey and all shit like that. like Well, yeah. So California's yeah. climate is really similar to Australia. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like your winter is like our winter where it gets down to like 50 and you're like, oh, fuck, it's cold. Um, and then like I look at the, <laughs> the forecast and it's like negative three. Uh, it doesn't get colder than like, yeah, five degrees here. I'm like, oh, God, snow. Yeah. It Damn. just doesn't snow in Australia. So <laughs> it's a time. But yeah, so uh, I have that show on the 14th. i got a couple of days to chill. Uh, I'm going to go see Alex in Ohio and hang out with him for a little bit and, and catch up with him. Wow. And then I've got the Horror Slam tournament in Detroit. That's going to be cold. Um, 
So the Horror Slam tournament, it's what are they calling it? Murder City Deathmatch Cup. Okay, so that's, well, so. so that's Horror Slam's debut deathmatch tournament as well. Oh wow! Um, yeah, so like we did the first tournament in Australia, and then a couple of months later, I get to turn it around to the first tournament for Horror Slam, which I'm excited about. So that's on the 18th of March. Wow! And it's it's a really eclectic field as well. Like there's a couple of like the people you expect, like John Wayne Murdoch and stuff like that. But like Madman Pondo is doing his first tournament in a minute. Uh, like Brad Cash, Chuck Stein, like a lot of the the northern guys are in it as well. Hoodfoot's in it. So okay. Mickey Knuckles. Uh, I think I saw Randy West as well. So I'm really excited to just have the opportunity to, you know, touch wood I get through the first round and potentially wrestle some of these people. Um, and then on the 19th, I fly. So I do a deathmatch tournament and I fly straight to New York. Um, and I've got the No Ring deathmatch with Casanova Valentine for New Fear City, which kind of finishes our little story arc because right as the start of the pandemic hit in March 2020, uh, Casanova actually came here to Australia and we did a no-ring death match here in Melbourne, okay. which again which again pissed a lot of the old guard off because they were all nervous <laughs> that we were going to kill the business all over again. Um, what do you mean you don't have a ring? Um, <laughs> That's the best way to do those matches. I love it. <laughs> right? So, uh, but the thing is, like, we had cast booked for, like, three dates and had to cancel two of them because, like, our city got locked down because of the Ugh. pandemic. Like, he just got in. We got one show off and then everything got canceled. Um, but that was very much kind of like the formation of DMDU. So it's a lot of what we were able to do with that match down under wouldn't have happened if uh, Casanova hadn't come here for that kind of week um, to, to make that shit happen. So... It's super, super cool to kind of, I guess, yeah, you know, wrap it and bring it full circle. He came all the way to my hometown and did a no-ring deathmatch here. I get to do it the other way. I get to go all the way to Brooklyn and do a no-ring deathmatch with him. That's um, so sick. I hope these uh, – well, specifically that one, because I know for the H2O show, I would assume it's going to be on IWTV. I know with ICW and Pit Fighter, that's going to be on um, – um IWTV and same with Horse Slam. I would I would believe they're filming it for Smart Mark video if they're gonna put it on DVD. But I really I love a no ring death match and I hope to see you and Casanova if it's put on YouTube or IWTV, whatever it is. I just I hope to see that match. I hope to see all the matches you're doing, honestly. Thank you. Uh New Fear City have just started distributing on IWTV. I think they're up on like a week delay. Um just to same thing, just to kind of edit it and stuff. That and their show started like two in the fucking morning. So Yes. Um, yeah. So I believe New Fist City will be on IWTV with a week delay. Horror Slam, I assume, is taping for Smart Mark Video as well. Uh, I'm going to be that guy and film all my matches. I'll get someone to hold my iPhone and tape all my shit anyway, because, like I said, I'm coming all the way around the world. I at least want to see what I did. So, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, you're right. H2O is live on IWTV on the Monday night, and as is ICW on the Friday and Saturday. That's crazy that they're doing a show um, on a Monday just during the week. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's going to do pretty well. Their crowds are pretty faithful to them as it is. And just, you know, everyone else just, you know, around the U S and around the world, you know, H2O has a pretty good following because I'll be watching for sure on that Monday, just to check out what's going on with the show. And like I said, I want to see your match and, you know, I I'm, I'm happy that you're coming to, um, the U S do these matches. I would like to see you come out here and, uh, uh do an ugwa show and that would be sick. yeah do a death match out here well ugwa is really close to my heart to be honest like obviously guido uh lives here in melbourne now so he lives in the same city as me uh he got stuck here because of the pandemic he came over because he met a girl um and he came over to hang out with her for a little bit and then the fucking world shut down um so he got stuck here 
and then by the time the world opened up, uh, he now has a daughter and he's engaged. So that's what happens when you're locked in a house together for nine months. But um, <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I love Guido to death. The first DMDU show we wrestled for the Total Violence title. Um, so and, you know, like I think a big part of DMDU getting on that kind of international map was an association with Agua really early on. And, and like Agua's obviously got, a, like I said, a really eclectic roster um you know they've got people like anthony green on the shows as well as like the craziest deathmatch guys on the west coast as well i wish there was more deathmatch companies in the west coast period to be honest with you but... no, yeah I, I agree just because like like ugwa does it pretty well and the venue they do it at um you just if you stand really close to the ring you're probably going to get some glass flying on you but if you're smart enough you know to back up you know a couple of couple steps back but no the death matches they do and the last one they did was pretty good. It was for the Beast of the East champion, and it was Tony Vargas versus uh, Big Baby Powder. And I filmed um, a couple of clips for that match. And uh, yeah, light tubes were just flying everywhere, and people loved it. It was crazy. So you definitely have to come out here sometime. Yeah, and have they, got the... new, have they got their new building yet? Because I know they were running. They had that original bar that they were running, and they just moved to that really fancy new building with all the lights and shit. Yeah, the Emporium. So that's it. Gonna... Uh, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna like sprinkle. We're not gonna have like a death match, but we're gonna hopefully they'll they'll sprinkle a little something something during a match just to see if like the important would be like okay that seems fine, and then we're just gonna take it up a notch every time. Nice until they're just like you know we're cool with this. But no, as 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 one of the cameramen for for Agua, I can say yeah when when glass starts flying, glass starts flying. It's insane like the shit they do. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so close quarters. Like, and, and that's kind of the thing that I, I'm so keen for, for this America tour, like, because we're kind of the ones that are doing the death matches here. And like a lot of my death match influence comes from Japan. Like the audience is really far back from the ring. We have crowd control barriers for the, if we know it's going to get real fucking crazy, we'll hand out like safety glasses to the front row, wow. that kind of stuff. We're like, yeah, I'm, I've seen like Ugwar and Horror Slam and like the audience is getting fucking showered in glass. There's blood all over the floor. And it's just like, this is, fucking crazy i love like it, it's super like down-to-earth grassroots deathmatch stuff it's not super clean and cut and polished like it is in japan and like i love that shit yeah so i i'm super excited to kind of dive headfirst into it um i i've never been to california so i really want to come and hit the west coast at some point touch wood again uh, i don't think this will be my only trip this year um i got hit up by a couple of companies after this tour got announced saying hey when are you available and i said look i'm pretty pretty bloody booked out i've got like yeah you know six or seven death matches depending on how far i go in the horror slam tournament like i've got a minimum of five death matches in 10 days i'm gonna be fucked by the end of it but um i want to come back and yeah i think i'm looking at potentially another tour maybe in may touch wood um when it's gonna be starting to get warm which I, I love the heat i hate the fucking cold so yeah same here please, same. please book me for your summer tours promoters don't bring me over in the middle of goddamn winter because my knees can't handle it anymore <laughs> um and then i think i'm coming back in your fall as well oh. Oh, okay nice um, maybe a couple oh. of things i can talk about off air not that i can say on a oh. yet okay but <laughs> yeah i can tell you a couple of things off air that if uh the stars align and there's enough support for it i should be back so yeah, because uh, like I said, just on on Ugla, they they do history of violence, and uh, one of them was our first ever deathmatch tournament for Northern California, and they had guys like BC Killer and you know the Ugla guys, Ed Guido, and you know you know the Ugla guys, but 
Yeah, that'd be cool to see you do. Well, just in general, just do a death match, but specifically have you on uh, History of Violence. That'd be amazing because that is their violent show. Awesome. I, I, I love that kind of stuff. Like, And it's it's really interesting, like, having been talking with, like, the, the promoters, obviously, and the weapons masters for, for all these shows, being so isolated here in Australia, like, we've very much developed our own style of death matches. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, like, we're all, a lot of the deathmatch guys here are either super influenced from, like, early CZW, where no one had any fucking idea what they were doing, <laughs> um, and Japan. So, like, there's this real high-intensity high octane style of deathmatch wrestling but also based like heavily around actual wrestling and psychology we don't have too many hack and slash guys here um which is one of the reasons why i love having guido here so different to the rest of us we're all like let's wrestle conventionally around the light tubes he's like no i'm gonna stab you in the head um and again that's one of the reasons why this cut on my forehead is so prominent because he took his little jagged thingy and fucking drilled me with it during the dream tournament um christ of course he still has that thing with him (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and it's fucking gross too. It looks exactly as gnarly as you think it does. Um, so yeah, it, it, we we've got kind of our own style. But then, like talking to the the people over there, trying to get everything organized because I kind of have to hit the ground running. I don't have time to like fuck off to Home Depot and you know go and buy stuff and build stuff. We kind of got to have it all there for me. Um, when I show up, it, it's just super cool. Like this kind of a clash of style, not clash, like this melding of styles. Um, and just coming up with some really crazy shit. So I'm trying to think of like cool new things for pretty much every one of the shows I'm doing, just mostly because I want to stand out a little bit. And it's super cool to come to that side of the world. I think this is kind of like the biggest boom period for death matches, at least in the last five years, you know, since like Tremont was on top. So I want to come and show out and, you know, hopefully put Australia a little bit more on the map. And if it, you know, opens the door for more, you know, guys from the US to come over to us as the borders are starting to open, that's cool too. Or even if it's just the opportunity for me to come back to uh, your amazing country again, then uh, I'll, I'll take whatever I can get. Hell yeah, that's fucking awesome. Um, when it comes to death matches, I, I love asking this. Is there a specific what we- any weapon that you like favor the most out of any of the other weapons you use in a match? See, this is really funny because like for, I, I did my first death match when I was like 15. Wow. And Jesus. but for a really long time, every other co- every company would be like, "Yes, cool, you can do death matches. No glass, no fire." That was the rule. Um, so for a really long time, like I, I, it was all just barbed wire and carpet strips and shit like that. And I was like, "Oh, okay, right. You know, this is the I guess the status quo for death match here." And then when I started getting the opportunity to use glass more, I went, "Well, what the fuck am I doing? Because barbed wire sucks so bad. I fucking hate barbed wire. I will go glass over barbed wire any day of the week." um so i i love glass to be honest like i'm one of those guys like there, there's a time and a place for you know no robot wire matches i still haven't done one we've had one booked for dmdu i think we've tried to put it on like three times and for whatever reasons the stars just don't align whether the show gets canceled or somebody gets injured or something like that we've been trying to do a no robot wire we will pull it off this year if it fuck kills me but um yeah i i, I love glass i love tubes um, and like I said, we use the skinny tubes here because the, they're just tubes to us. Um, so I'm kind of excited to come there and use, I, I guess, we, are they the fat tubes for us? I mean, you guys just call them tubes. But, yeah, they're, uh, the T, they're pretty thick. Yeah, they're the T12 or something like that, if I'm correct. Yeah. So the government did like a big energy rollout here in like the late 90s and got rid of most of the T12 tubes. So everything got dropped down to T8. And even now, like the T8s are getting swapped out with LEDs. So a, a brand new T12 tube here in Australia runs about 20 bucks a tube. Oh, wow. 
Damn. Yeah, which is why you don't see them all that often. Um, you hell. can get them sparingly. Like there are certain spots where I'll go, I need a T12. If it's like anything around my head, um, like for example, Charlie Evans hit me with a back fist uh, in our death match that we did in February last year. Nice. Uh, I had the bundle like right against my ear. And I said, look, I want T12s for this because if you hit me with a T8, you're probably going to cut my ear off. Um, and I have work on Monday. So <laughs> that's just the, the, uh, the facts. So uh, certain spots I'll, I'll use T12s for, but usually T8s are just the go-to here. So I'm, I'm super excited to come there and use T12s. But I'm a big sucker for like themed and spectacle death matches as well. So like I like I like the death matches to have a story. Like that match with Charlie Evans was a last strength death match. We decorated everything up like a pub. Um, we had like a ring toss game, but they were circular light tubes. Uh, we had like beer pong on the outside, but it was a pane of glass with like beer pong cups and shit. Um, we had a pool table, but instead of uh, billiard balls, it was uh, little ping pong balls covered in thumbtacks. <laughs> that, that kind of shit. I love that shit. Um, so I, I will always try and throw a theme on it if I've got enough time to prepare. Uh, but I also really like heights as well. So like I like scaffolds and things like that, um, which is not something that's done a lot in the US or here, to be honest. So fingers crossed, touch wood, uh, whoever I get at H2O, I hope the scaffold is there that show because uh, I want to do crazy shit off it. But who knows? I got to talk to Tremont. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, scaffold matches don't. I, I personally have never seen one in person, but yeah, those types of those types of matches are just like. I don't know. It's insane to see someone fall that high. And even the one at, you know, um, H2O, even that's high for me, just even looking at it on TV. So I can't imagine what kind of stuff that you would do off of it. So yeah, I'm, exci- well, like I'm excited top, to see it. The top rope's a little bit lower than what, five feet tall, maybe four and a half, five feet tall. I, I don't know. We use the metric system here. So like I'm trying to work it out, but <laughs> I, I see this is the thing writing all my dates backwards for all these promoters and all this media and shit drives me nuts because we write our dates uh we go day month year and you guys go month day year um oh yeah so we do. Now, oh, wow. but now i'm used to it when i have to write dates for my shoot job everyone's like what the fuck are you talking about i was like all oh, right sorry 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 <laughs> um but yeah so the top ropes maybe four and a half five feet tall and the scaffold's like double the height of the top rope and then you've got to include your height as well so your head's like 15 feet above the ground you're a long, you're a fucking long way up. Um, and then obviously you got to get your balance because it's made of timber and all that kind of stuff. It looks a little rickety. And then obviously execute whatever you want to do and not kill you or the other guy. Um, so I like, I'm just excited to be there. Like something that I try and explain when I talk to the wrestlers is like everyone grew up, like you guys all grew up on like us independent wrestling. Mm-hmm. so did we we didn't grow up on australian indies there's no like national tv deal or streaming service here for australian indies at least obviously not at the time so like you'll grow up on like czw xpw ecw so did we so people are like oh you know like some of the independent guys are like oh, i don't know if i'm known outside of america or outside of my little market and stuff like that but we grew up watching all these guys like matt tremont is a legend worldwide Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. we all grew up watching CZW when Matt Tremont's on top. Yeah, he's like this cult figure in the U.S. Indies, but we're all watching the U.S. Indies. We're not watching what happens here. The rest of the world is all watching the U.S. So it's it's super cool, and I can't wait to kind of convey that to people in person because, you know, there are like unsung heroes across all these companies that I'm like, I'm so fucking excited to share a locker room with Madman Pondo. The 15-year-old juggalo in me is going to freak the <laughs> fuck out. Um <laughs> 
Pondo came here in 2006 for like three weeks and I like caught four fucking trains and skipped school for a day to go and see Pondo wrestle uh, in, in a Chinese restaurant on the other side of the city. Uh, it wasn't a wrestling venue. It was a Chinese restaurant. It was the greatest <sighs> wrestling venue in the world. That's story. Uh, so- cool, sounds delicious. <laughs> the Dragonfly is like Alcar and Hall. Uh, you talk to anyone in Australian wrestling and they go, what's what is the Dragonfly? And their eyes just get real fucking wide. Um, but yeah, I got to watch Matt Van Pondo wrestle at a Chinese restaurant. I got in so much trouble for doing it. The fact that I, like, one, get to share a locker room with him and two, potentially might even get to wrestle him in the tournament, like, that shit's the coolest thing in the world to me because that's what I grew up on. So that, that's one of the reasons I'm so excited for this trip because all these people that I've spent so long watching on TV as a fan and then they become my peers is obviously I get better and more prophetic as a deathmatch wrestler to then potentially be able to wrestle these guys as well. It's the coolest fucking thing in the world to me. So uh, I, can't, I can't wait to get over there and kind of do all these things and start ticking all these people off these lists and letting people know, I guess, what they mean to the rest of the world just because they may not travel as often or at all and really kind of understand the scope of what they can achieve or the reputation they have outside of the United States. Yeah, because I did uh, I did see your list. I can't remember what names were on it, like just off the top of my head, but um, who was on the top of your list? Oh, yeah, sure, there you go. Right yeah, there. there you go. I got it here. Because I, I also film all my promos in my office. Again, this is an audio medium. It doesn't help, but I have like wing and FMW shirts behind me. Um, <laughs> so I keep all my gimmicks. So like my promo list here. Uh, so it's like out of the Americans, it's like Neil Diamond Cutter, Jeff Cannibal, who's a great friend of mine. I get to take Cass off my list, um, which is great. I get to take Kira off my list. I've got all the rejects down. Uh, I'm really bummed out. I don't get to wrestle uh, Casey and Brandon Kirk. Uh, I don't know who I'm wrestling at H2O. I hope it's them, but I don't think so. Uh, Lucky, 13, Schlack, uh, Murdoch, Marsha Slamovich, and Alex Colon are the Americans. So I think I'm going to do all right on this trip, all things considered. But then like, I've got the big list in the back of my head. Like, you know, I, I didn't put Madman Pondo down on that list because when I wrote that list, I didn't think it was feasible that in, in this timeline that I could potentially wrestle Madman Pondo. So... Um, yeah, anything like that that I'm able to do is just the coolest shit ever. That's that's it's a good list. I mean, uh, we've been able to talk to Akira. Uh, we had him on for an interview and we talked to him for a good like hour, 30 minutes, and just getting yeah, to know him was like good. Akira. He doesn't shut the fuck up. Yeah, we okay. Uh, I'm glad someone brought that up. We only okay, it was an hour and a half interview. We asked him only three questions. Yeah, he likes to talk. Uh, so do I, to be honest. But such a good uh, guy, though. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love Akira. Um, he's uh, he's a really good friend, and that's what I mean. Like we we started talking when he was just kind of breaking into ICW. We actually it's the nerdiest fucking thing ever. Like we're meant to be all these big tough deathmatch guys. We we're on a Minecraft server together. Um, so <laughs> that's, that's how that's that's how we do most of our communications. We jump on Minecraft and like build these massive structures while talking shit about wrestling. Um, and most of the deathmatch down under us are on the same server, which is pretty funny. So but sick. yeah, like it's that kind of shit. Or like the way, the way I got to know Jeff Cannibal is like through Among Us. Um, same thing, jumping on an Among Us server with like the most eclectic list of wrestlers you've ever seen in your life. But now I, I get to come that. and do it all in person. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> Um, I just, uh, cause I'm, like I said, I might have, um, the deathmatch tournament on right now. And I just saw you fall on a bed of nails. <laughs> yep. You're bringing back some bad memories. <laughs> I saw you on the bed of nails and I was going to ask you, um, is there anything that you won't do in a deathmatch? Um, 
there's a couple of things. So like my, my no list I'm finding is getting shorter and shorter. The better nails, I went, oh, we're doing a deathmatch tournament. What's like some classic old school weapons? Fuck it, I'll get a better nails made. And then when we got it to the show, I just looked at it and went, that's the most fucked up thing ever. And like I talked to the guys in BJW, I'm like, how do you make yours? And they told me, and I went, oh, I'll make the nails a little bit closer together. Um, I still I have like a scar just below my ear here from that better nails. Yeah. Uh, and that was like the second shittest thing I took in that tournament. The worst thing in that whole fucking tournament, you've just gone past it on your uh, your viewing. Guido poured hand sanitizer on my back and I almost quit. <laughs> what oh. the? Okay, because we like, I've seen a lemon juice like a, or a lemon spot. The guy cuts the lemon and he squeezes it or puts it on him. Or I've seen uh, salt, but hand sanitizer, I've never seen. So that that's my first terrible. Oh. It, it, like he squeezed it on my back and I just ran. Like I was on fire. I just ran from one end of the building to the other, just screaming. Uh, it was that. That was the. Uh, we went backstage. I'm like, you really have to give me the fucking hand sanitizer, man. Yeah, whose whose idea was that? Oh, we were just brawling in the crowd. And he picked it up, and I went, oh, fuck it. Oh. And I got about half. I got about half a second look at it, and then it hit me, and it was like I, I felt like I was on fire. Uh, I didn't get any infections, obviously, but uh, it fucking sucked real bad. Uh, the better nails was like, yeah, the second worst thing. Uh, in that match, because the, the number one rule with the better nails is you want to hit it flat um, and kind of spread your weight out. So like not one nail has the opportunity to do any kind of damage. And I took a snap suplex on it and fucking roll across it like a cannonball, um, which is the absolute worst thing you can do on a better nails. Uh. So, yeah, I, I got about a million holes in it from me. And like I grabbed the referee and go get me off this fucking better nails. Um, but like, you know, a year ago, I would have said no fucking way am I doing a weed whacker. Uh, and then like the, the, one of the last spots in the final was weed whacker. And I was like, well, that was okay. I did that again. Um, so it, yeah, like there's certain things like fire. I haven't had the opportunity to do too much and kind of want to do a little bit more so I can kind of, I guess, decisively say one way or the other, whether it's uh, on my no list or not. But the only real stuff that's on my no list is like things that are really bad and I guess kind of stupid, like, you know, God rest his soul, like Spider Buddha are doing the angle grinder or the box cutter and stuff like that in, in Deep South. That's not deathmatch wrestling to me. That's just, hey, fucking cut me with an angle grinder. Okay. <laughs> Why don't I just shoot you with a gun instead? <laughs> like, same result. Um, so, so stupid shit like that, I'm not a massive fan of. Uh, and, and things like the, the main one I send when everyone goes, what's on your no list? I say pigeon spikes. And things like that. Like, obviously, that fucked Marcus Crane up really bad. And uh, I think it was mm. NGI2 against Takeda. Uh, like, they punched his lung. So, things like that. Things that are, like, pain is pain. And I can deal with that. Stuff that's going to cause me, like, long-term injury, I, I, I very much will turn my nose up at. Mostly because that kind of ruins the whole point. Like, the, the whole thing about deathmatch wrestling is we're meant to come close to death. Meant to, we're meant to look like we're dying. But we've still all got shit to do tomorrow. We'll still get another death match next week. If I do a death match and I'm off for a month, that means I'm doing it bad. Yeah. Like, it means I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I'm being, for lack of, a, I guess, a more eloquent term, I'm being a bit of a mark about it because I, I don't really understand the, the proper concept of death matches. I, you know, it, it's, it, it is an art form. It is a spectacle. The last thing I want to do is do a death match and be out for a month because it means I've done it wrong. Yeah. Because yeah. I've come obviously closer to death and or injury than I probably should have. Jeez. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. 
Yeah, so you you speak very high. I mean, obviously, death matches are so, so much fun for us like to watch, and obviously they're fun for you to do as well. And uh, I know you said you're going to be doing like a just a regular wrestling match uh, coming up. Do you feel like if you weren't doing death matches or death matches weren't an option <clears throat> in your career, do you think it would lessen your interest in professional wrestling? No, I don't think so. I. I, uh, I take some classes here in Melbourne and I was doing a lot of Zoom seminars uh, during the lockdown so we couldn't train in person. And I, I look at wrestling, I guess, as kind of tools in a toolbox, like different styles and stuff like that, just because death matches are my preferred style of wrestling uh, and something I enjoy doing doesn't mean it's the only thing I can do or it's the only thing I enjoy. Um, I absolutely love really hard-hitting, strong style wrestling. Um, not long after I found FMW, uh on like a couple of year delay i found noah so and, and you know like this is pr- this is all torrent websites this is pre- like pre-youtube so <laughs> I, I found noah and fell in love with noah um so like watching you know kenta and tenru punch each other in the face for real i love that shit um i i love world of sport from the 80s i have like uh, this cupboard here that you can see over my my right shoulder is full of vhs tapes from like world Beautiful. of sport from I, itv in the 80s like oh, wow. i love technical wrestling um obviously i grew up on wcw so i love that kind of stuff i i i feel like as a performer every style of wrestling is a tool in a toolbox and over time you'll learn how to wrestle a certain style of match like go and do the big kind of lucha influence spot fests or have that epic main event match or do a death match properly or do a technical wrestling match where you can't rely on things like striking um into gender you know like a old school memphis style brawl all these kind of things they're all tools in the toolbox um i don't do a lot of straight wrestling now mostly because dmdu has a ton of dates uh and unlike it was once upon a time wrestling isn't the only thing in my life now uh, i have an amazing wife uh i have three kids i've got a very young son who will be like four months by the time i come to the u.s um so and, and you know I, it's no qualms i i'm one of the people who run dmdu that's practically a full-time job and i also have a full-time job so there, there's enough going on i guess in my life that i can make wrestling what i want it to be for me i don't have to go and wrestle three times a week to i guess fill these holes in my life so I, i'm that's how i guess i kind of i'm only doing death matches but i still love regular wrestling uh, the downside to only doing death matches is my cardio is dog shit. Um, <laughs> so you watch me sit in a headlock for like 20 minutes tomorrow night. But other than that, yeah, I, I, I love all forms of wrestling and I, I'm loving wrestling now more than ever, um, almost 20 years in because I've kind of, it, it now has, fills up the perfect amount of energy in my life as opposed to, you know, when I was younger, it was like 90% wrestling and 10% everything else. And I was feeling, you know, I've had a bad match. I was really unfulfilled and depressed and stuff like that. Where now I've got a really good, I guess, wrestling life balance. Uh, and I can make it what I want it to be, which is how, you know, trips like this US thing come around. Where I can take, I guess, two weeks holiday and come and see all of my friends on the other side of the world and just happen to have amazing matches while I'm there. So, oh, That's right. Yeah. Um Cause I saw, I was going through your Instagram and I realized, and I saw that you're a, you're, you're a dad, you're a family guy. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't live in Rhode Island, but yes, I'm a family guy. Um, <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. No, uh, I've, uh, like I said, I've got an amazing wife. Jess and I have been together for years. We've been married. Uh, it'll be two years in December, but she used to be a wrestler. That was how we met. Um, wow. But she, she left the business not long after we met. And then, yeah, I've got my son, Sam. So he's, uh, he was born in October. 
and he, he's a great baby. They've, uh, I, I heard them leave like uh, just as we started the interview. I think they're off to the park because it's a really sunny day outside. It's like, what, 25 degrees Celsius? So, yeah, it's like 75, 80 degrees and sunny outside. So they're off to the park, and, and this, is, uh, this is my lunch break for my nine-to-five job. So, um, yeah, it, it's super cool to be able to kind of, like I said, it, it, it is that life balance where I can go and do really cool stuff like come to the USA and then come home and, and you know, have my son and my wife um here waiting for me I've, I've got like a call schedule when i come to the u.s and i've kind of worked out the time difference so if i get out of bed and call them it's like the middle of the night so it doesn't work so i have to kind of call them right as show starts yeah that's like seven eight o'clock in the morning here because most shows start uh at like nine or ten a.m here so if i call them like right as the doors open at any show i'm at i get to talk to them for like 20 minutes and then i'll go and do the show that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, is there anyone from like uh, anyone from uh, the past that you've ever watched? Do you was there ever a dream match from the past that you would love to do like a regular match or a death match with that you don't think you would ever get a chance to do? Oh, good question. Um, there's some that are like it'll never happen for very sad, obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, and then there are some that are like I guess kind of in the realm of possibility, but a lot of shit has to go right. Yeah, for it to happen, like Onita, I like I'm a big Onita mark. Um, he's like the most polarizing deathmatch wrestler in history. Um, you either love him or you hate him, and I fucking love him. Like that, that's an Onita show there. So, um, yeah. So I, I absolutely love Onita, and like we were like, oh, he's he's t- his clock was ticking down 20 years ago. But uh, as you kind of saw with the end of last year. It's not outside of the realm of possibility that I could potentially wrestle at Sushi Anita. That'd be really fucking cool. But I mean, like, there's so, so many people I'd love to wrestle, like in straight matches and stuff like that. I used to tape trade for Ring of Honor. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I, wow. I, as it was kind of happening. That's cool. So I like, love that. <laughs> yeah. So we used to tape trade for Ring of Honor in like 2002, 2003. Um, so, like, a lot of that, that early ROH crew um, are either on television making a zillion bucks or complete and fuck assholes who I don't really want to, you know, associate with or have to wrestle. Um, but, you know, like Amazing Red is always up there. Like I was the biggest Red Mark going. Um, the fact that, again, the SATs are now back on the scene. It's like, that's one step that little bit closer. It's be, it's not impossible to potentially wrestle the Amazing Red. Um, but anyone and everyone, that's kind of the thing. Like, because we are so isolated here, you go everybody is a dream match because it's not like i can fly halfway across the country for the opportunity to kind of see all these people on the east coast and vice versa for you guys like i i don't think they're active anymore but like michael modest and donovan morgan like i grew up on those guys tag matches like again i used to trade i used to trade tapes for pro wrestling iron shows Wow. in the uk and apw king of the indies that's how far back like my my california independent knowledge goes oh, wow. um so I used to trade for that kind of shit. So like, I always wanted to wrestle for Roland Alexander. I was like, I feel like it's a rite of passage to go and wrestle for these iconic promoters and probably get ripped off. But it's the fact that you got to go and wrestle for these iconic promoters. Um, so yeah, like all, all those kind of California guys as well. Like I really wanted to wrestle JD Horror. Um, I, I really enjoyed their work. Um, again, I was a big XPW mark because we used to they used to have dvd distribution here so i actually got to see what they did um and and there is like still a smattering of xpw guys going around like if i come to california i want to go and train at the santino brothers uh i would love to wrestle b-boy i've been a b-boy marcus for as long as i can remember you know he's recovered from his achilles injury now 
I can sit here all day and tell you all the people I want to wrestle. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 just super fucking cool that I live in this timeline where, like I said, in six weeks I get to come and share locker rooms with people that I used to play as a character in video game, like <laughs> like Madman Pondo, or do you know what I mean? Like I've got one of Tremont's first shirts uh, in a box over there. That's awesome. Um, like yeah, like the Hear Me, Fear Me, Believe Me one from CCW in like 2012. Oh, wow. Um, that kind of stuff because for so long it was always a world away um and now it's six weeks away oh, yeah. um, i'm so excited for you to come out here just because like i said i know the shows are going to be streamed on something for me to watch and i can't wait to watch this specifically icw like my two yeah like well my i have four top promotions maybe five deathmatch deathmatch down under being one of them um icw gcw ugwa and west coast pro and um icw you know because it's you know it's death matches and like i said i'm a deathmatch fan just as it is and yeah just i can't wait to see you especially in um like i said pit fighter pit fighter should be good i usually uh, I usually do like those ones. Um, I like the the chains a little bit more than the pit fighter, but equally, you know, they're all, you know, pretty good, but yeah, pit fighter specifically, like I said, I've seen some crazy shit in, in the pit and I can't wait for you to be out here. Yeah. Well, like it's the, it's the UFC cage one. So it's the pit fighter X. So it's the UFC cage. And I kind of, when I was talking to Danny about it all, I was like, what the fuck do I do? Like, I can't, I can't run the ropes. I can't, you know, like you don't really want to mat wrestle because there's shit everywhere. And not to mention any matches before you have also left shit everywhere. So like, oh, cool. I'm cool down to chain wrestle. I'm going to take a headlock takedown. Oh God. I landed on a pile of gusset plates. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's that kind of stuff. So it's, uh, it's super unique. There's nothing like that here in Australia. Like I said, there's only been a handful of no ring shows here, um, let alone like, hey, let's do death matches inside of a fucking UFC cage. Um, so I've been studying the past nine Pimp Fighter X Fighter uh, shows like an absolute hawk and trying to come up with some cool stuff for it. Um, because like I said, I do want to come and I do want to show out. Um, I have an idea. I know who I want to wrestle on that show. Um, whether ICW agree to it or not, I've been bugging Danny about it for two weeks, and he's like, "We'll see, we'll see, we'll see." <laughs> so I'm going to go out on the MDU show, uh, a main event tomorrow, but I'm going to come out like after the second match and just cut a promo. And I'm going to tell everyone in the audience, "Get your fucking phones out and please tag ICW because I'm going to call this prick out." Um, so fingers crossed it works, and fingers crossed I get to wrestle them uh, in Pit Fighter. Oh, that's awesome! But I, we wish the best of uh, luck to you on your. Uh your uh your u.s tour and everything that's going on uh, it's going to be fucking awesome and everyone needs to check it out uh, but we're going to be uh wrapping this up uh one last question where can everyone follow you on social media um you can follow me on social media and see how terrible i am at wordle um so <laughs> <laughs> i'm so bad at it i don't get Dude, it. my wife my wife is so smart i don't think she's had one less than like four um and, and like i fuck up like every third day like yesterday i think I, I crapped out like i got all six and i didn't even fucking get it um so i'm on twitter and instagram at the smash underscore hit uh and then uh i don't really use facebook to be honest i have a worker page but i don't use it for anything um uh, i mostly use facebook for family and friends kind of shit but i mean yeah like if you like wrestling um feel free to hit me up on social media i always love talking about professional wrestling and deathmatch wrestling uh it's super cool that you know a tiny little company here in melbourne australia has reach all over the world so um always up for chatting to fans and stuff like that so yeah please uh give me a follow and drop me a line 
That's awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. So everyone go follow uh, Joel Bateman. And uh, like I said, man, I can't wait for the, the U S tour and just, I'm happy you're coming out here and I hope you come out to Northern California and I hope you, you know, go everywhere. Cause you're definitely, you definitely deserve to be everywhere. Cause like I said, man, you're, you're really doing it. And like I said, the first time I saw you was with Guido and I think at the first uh, stream of uh death match down under on, uh, on, on, on IWTV and yeah, I'm excited for you, man. I can't wait, man. Uh, hopefully I can get to the uh, West coast soon and we can do this in person. No, oh, yeah, yeah, perfect. We'll, we'll get them. We'll get you some uh, In and Out Burger. Yes, fuck, can we? <laughs> yes, it's, <laughs> it's on me. It's on me, brother. <laughs> yes, for sure. All right, man. Well, hey, you have a you have a good uh, afternoon. Afternoon, yeah, good uh, afternoon. It's night for us. <laughs> yeah, it's night for Actually, us. I'm I'm ready for bed. Um, but it's sunny outside, and it's Friday afternoon. I'm probably gonna open a beer. No, oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, go definitely go drink a beer. I see you're drinking beers on your on your Instagram stories, and uh, yeah, go enjoy one. Uh, definitely. All right, man. It was good talking to you. Ah, what a great interview. Isn't it always fun to just talk to people? Like, I love death matches. I don't know. I could talk death matches forever. I'm yeah. just, I can hear death match stories forever, too. That's another thing. Like, I love hearing the death match stories because there's so much that I just don't know still, and I'm still learning. And uh, yeah, it was fun talking to Joel Bateman. Yeah, no, it's definitely um, it's definitely fun to hear more about death matches and know about the fact that like you know, it, it is an art form, whether people hate, hate it or love it or whatever it is, it, it takes, it takes a lot of guts. So, you know, big shout out to him. Um, but yeah, well, that's it for our episode today. We want to thank you guys for checking out the Markout Media Podcast. If you have not subscribed, please subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other, other, other platforms everywhere. I can't remember every single one, but it's totally fine because you're just going to look up Markout Media Podcast and then just subscribe to us and give us a five-star review that you know we damn well deserve. Um, also, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Markout Media 18. Once again, that's Markout Media 18. And don't forget to buy the merch at BrainBusterTees.com and WhatAManeuver.net. Thank you, guys. Yeah, no, thank you. We uh, definitely, when uh, we get done with Full Queer, we'll have a bunch of interviews lined up and uh you'll get to hear them throughout the weeks that uh come in uh, february yeah i can't wait to get these interviews out um we have one next week it's gonna drop on friday of course as always and um it's already the end of the podcast i could tell you who it is it is a uh, grizzly cal jack yeah that's gonna be fun yeah this should be a good one uh, i got to meet him a couple times at uh at the ugwa shows in san jose and then got to meet him again at devil's night um for agua um in vegas at the super base training compound yeah so, that so was that's fun. gonna be fun maybe we'll even talk uh, about his uh personal life as a substitute teacher <laughs> i didn't know that yeah no uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that but anyways you guys we're gonna get on out of here uh as always from me and to my brother victor and everyone listening around the world as always worldwide you either yeah, worldwide, wide, wide, wide. Uh, yeah, just uh, remember, you either mark out or get the fuck out. Later. Goodbye. Thank you for checking out the Markout Media Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MarkoutMedia18. And don't forget to buy the merch at BrainBusterTees.com.